Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. I don't know. Some of you probably going to keep it going all year. I don't know. Uh, some of you might uh, do that, but um, this day, today is the last day. And I know for some of you it's the Super Bowl, uh, and some of you maybe decide not, going, not to eat sweets. Uh, and you say, hey, when does it end? Does it end today or tomorrow? <laughs> Actually, today is the last day, but it goes throughout to 12 o'clock midnight. <laughs> so therefore, uh, therefore, tomorrow you can go back to eating sweets or whatever you were doing if you desire to do that, if God leads you to do that. And I want to let you know that uh, today we're going to uh, be talking about another area of detoxing. Today we're going to detox the heart. We're going to detox the heart today. And when I say the heart, I mean the mind, the will, the emotions, the, the desires, our, our passions, our, our, you know, just that, 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 that really moves us inside. Uh, that's the heart. Not the physical uh, beep, beep, bump, bump thing here, but the, the mind, will, and emotions, all those type of things. We're going to detox there. Even last week when we talked on uh, detoxing, we talked on detoxing um, uh, disunity, that's a heart matter also. And whether you know it or not, the heart is the issue of most things, the heart. So today we're going to detox the heart. Let's look at it in a scripture. Let's go to, uh, let's go first of all to Matthew 15, uh, verse 10. And you'll, you'll also know a scripture, probably you heard it said, before that, blessed in the Beatitudes, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Okay? Blessed are the pure in heart. So we're going to be talking about purity today of our heart, a clean heart. Like they said, create me a, a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit in me. So uh, we're going to be talking about that. And so in chapter 15, Verse 10, it says, after Jesus called a crowd to him, he said to him, hear and understand. Hear and understand. It is not what enters into the mouth that defiles a man. They were talking uh, this time about uh, the, his disciples washing their hands before they ate and things like that. Um, it says, but what proceeds out of the mouth, this defiles the man. Now, that's very interesting when he said that. That's, that's something they, they need to understand. And here in verse 15, let's go down to 15. Verse 15, it says, Peter said to him, explain the parable to us. And Jesus said, are you still lacking in understanding also? So he said, hear and understand to the crowd. Now he's asking the disciples, do they understand? And I want to understand what he's saying. I want to understand this, 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 this uh, parable, this, whatever he's saying. Say, it is not what enters into the man that defiles the man, but what proceeds out of the mouth. This defiles the man. So he says in verse 17, do you not understand that everything that goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated, but the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. It comes from the heart. And those defile the man. For out of their heart come 
evil thoughts, murders, adulterers, uh, fornications, theft, false witness, slander. And we could just name a lot of things. We could go even over to Galatians. We're not going there. Chapter 5, verse 19, when it talks about the works of the flesh. Works of the flesh could be images. It could be uh, dissensions. It could be, uh, it could be anger, wrath. All those things, he says, proceed out of the heart. Out of the heart. He says, these are the things which defile the man, but to eat un- with unwashed hands does not defile the man. I said, okay, the heart, the heart is a key. How do I know what's in my heart? Because if, if, if really the things that are in the heart, like evil thoughts, murders, adulterers, theft, slander, anger, wrath, all those things, if they are in the heart, how do I really know what's in there? Except what comes out of the mouth. That's how I know. So we want to talk about detoxing something out of our heart today. And this something, we're going to go over to another scripture to talk a little bit more about it. Let's, let's, go, to, uh, let's go to over to Luke chapter 6, verse 41. Let's go there. We're going to start in verse 41. It says, why do you look at the speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that's in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck that's in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that's in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, then you can see clearly to take the speck that's in your brother's eye. Now, that tells me that um, God doesn't want me to have a, a speck inspection on people. Right? He really doesn't. Are you speck inspectors? Do you go around inspecting people's specks? Because, we, because don't we all have specks? Really? Don't we all have specks? But see, in order to see the speck, my speck, my many specks, you have to take the log out of your own eye. In order for me to see your specks, I have to take the log out of my eye. So in other words, I need to be busy about finding, oh God, what, what, you know, I want you to search me, Lord. You see? Now, listen to what it says here. Let's go a little further here. It says, for there is no good tree which produces bad fruit, nor, on the other hand, a bad tree which produces good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For a man do not gather figs from thorns, nor does not do uh, they pick grapes from brow bush. The good man out of the good treasure of his heart, okay, bring forth what is good. And the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil. So, what comes out of my mouth, if it's good, I say, okay, it's good treasure down there. But if it's bad, oh, it's a bad treasure down there. He said, for his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. And I, and I, I memorized out of the King James, and it's so, of the abundance of the heart, 
what does the mouth do? Speaks. Out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaks. And that's the title of the message today. And I want us to, to uh, try to memorize that from it's nine words, and in, in, in mine it might be ten in yours, depending upon uh, what version you're reading. Um, and I, I, I was adding out of, uh, but it's of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if I can remember that, then what happens when something comes out that I don't want coming out, I know that, hmm, something in abundance here that doesn't need to be in abundance. I need to get this out of my heart. I need to get it out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? Speaks. How do you know what's in your heart? Right. So if you listen to a person enough, you'll find out, What's in abundance in their heart? Yeah. You, you, you watch them enough there, you'll see because he said out of the heart comes thefts. And, and he could have said lying, right? Because lying, it comes from the heart. It comes from your mind, your will, your passion, your, your, your intellect. It comes from there. So if a person is, is lying a lot, if they are stealing, if they are in adultery, they are in fornication, if they get angry a lot, all of that is in the heart. And it'll come out. What we want to do today is to eradicate something that's in there. We're going to go to another verse, uh, and we're going to stay here almost all the time. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. And Ephesians chapter 4, we, and, uh, we're going to start in verse 22. We have talked about this in maybe my second message that we gave on detoxing. Let's start there. That in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. And the King James might say, put off. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That was one of the, that was number six of the ways that you can make sure uh, that you are doing what God wants us to do uh, that we talked about in verse in, in, in the second message. I gave you seven things, and that was number six. Number, verse 24, and put on the new self. Now, so we, we, we take off, and we put something in, the word of God, and we put off the old self. And the old self, is a one-time thing that you're putting on. You're taking off. The new self is a one-time thing that you, you put on. But that middle thing there, being renewed in the spirit of mind, it continues all the while you're living. Now, this new self that you're putting on is in the likeness of God, which, created, which has been created in righteousness and holiness and in truth. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, it means lying. Speak the truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Let's go down to verse 29. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. Let's stop there. Let's camp out a little bit there. 
Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth. Now, you remember we said that out of the abundance of the heart, or of the abundance of the heart, the mouth does what? Speak. We said here that God is saying, let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth. So if unwholesome words are proceeding out of our mouth, it must be in our heart. And we know that we don't want to do that. Now, let's, let's um, go a little bit further. What does that mean, unwholesome words? Well, in the King James, it says, maybe, corrupt communication. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Communication is, is words. It's, it's, look it up in the Greek, it's logos. Okay? That, that word unwholesome or corrupt, that means, um, it's, it's, a, it's a Greek word, sepros, which means uh, rotten. It means bad. It means, it means if it has some fruit, uh, you've seen, uh, if you go sometime, you get, at least I've done this uh, 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 in, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. My wife and I, we like to um, go to this, this fruit stand. Oh, they have some, they, they, have a, they have their own orchard and everything. Oh, it's so awesome. It's so awesome. And we like to bring back, back things. And you can buy things and you ha- buy a whole bunch of, a whole, whole bunch of fruit, you know, with apples, with uh, peaches and whatnot. And you bring them home. And you, you start going through them, and you say, oh, there's one down here. It's molded. It's bad. Now, bad, rotten fruit, no one wants to eat. Is that correct? You, you heard somebody say, well, uh, they are rotten to the core, meaning that it's like an apple. It's rotten to the core. Well, sometimes you get a, a rotten thing. That's the, that's the word picture that God wants us to know when the Greek word sapros is, is stated, it is like rotten fruit. It's rotten. It's bad. It's uh, the word putrid. It's, it's like foul. It's like, it's like uh, it is decaying, decaying, and it has a foul odor to it. Okay? You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got a picture, right? Okay. That's what that word means. Say pros. Okay. Let no say pros word proceed out of your mouth. Let no rotten word proceed out of your mouth. Okay. What are we detoxing out of the heart today? Unwholesome words. Corrupt words. Rotten words. That's what we are eradicating out of our, our lives. That's what we are detoxing today. Last week we talked on something else. This time it's on word. Now, I didn't think, didn't want to teach this message. I said, surely it's not for everybody in here. Uh, I know it's for me, but it might not be for everybody. And I was going to change the message, actually. I was going to change it yesterday. And then the thought came, don't change anything. If you already prayed, you already wrote down, don't change it because uh, if I gave it to you, it is for, for the congregation as well as for you. What are some words that proceed out of our mouth that we need to detox? 
Well, the first set of words that I want to talk about would be, uh, it's found, maybe uh, we're not going to it, but it's found in Exodus chapter 20. Uh, It's words that God says he doesn't want us to take the Lord's name in vain. Okay? In vain. Meaning that he doesn't want us speaking flippantly about his name. He doesn't want us uh, just calling his name for anything. He wants his name to be what it is, holy. Is that correct? Uh, the, the, uh, back in the early church, they even started, in the Jews, they started saying that, okay, we're not going to even say Yahweh. We're not even going to pronounce this thing as so, as so holy. Well, uh, we, we, we want to pronounce God's name, but we want to keep it holy. That came very evident with me. I had a member of a congregation years back, and they told me, you know what? You need to cut that out. You need to stop using the Lord's name in vain. I was saying, I don't, I don't, Chris, I don't use the Lord's name in vain. It's an all, you, you just say something, and it's not, it's not proper. And I would say things like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. And I said, that, that, that's nothing bad. So you're supposed to take things to God, right? And ask God, God, because can you receive from anybody if they are telling you the truth, the word of God? So I go to God, say, God, is this in vain? Is this what you mean? Well, when you said it, were you calling on me for a particular reason? No, I was just... It was just a figure of speech. I was just saying something. Is my name holy? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's holy. When you say my name, do you want me to answer? Yeah. Well, why were you saying my name like that? Well, just a figure of speech. I found out that, hey, they, they were telling me the truth. I need to stop this. So I stopped it then. It was, this was, this was, you know, maybe five, seven, about eight, nine years ago. And now I don't say that. Now I say, like, oh my. I got that from my mentor. He says, oh my. And I said, that's a, that's a good thing. Or I just say, oh, wow. You know, you know whatever. <laughs> oh my goodness, you know. Whatever. Don't use his name. And you say, well, that's just trivial stuff, man. Like, don't you have something else to talk about? Besides, we come here and you waste our time talking about something like that. Now, if God says that's using his name flippantly, that's, that's, that's a definition of in vain. Flippantly. Are we doing that? Are we doing that? Oh, my God. I can't believe she said that. Wait a minute. Well, I mean, well, what, are you, what, are you, what are you doing? Holy cow. Have you ever have y'all ever said, said anything like that? I mean, you've heard it. I know you haven't said anything. Y'all are holy. Y'all haven't said anything like that. But you know, people use God's name, and I mean, the Holy Spirit is holy, right? We don't want the cow is not holy. Is the cow not holy? People put holy on a lot of things in front of a lot of things. That's not good. Cut it out. 
This is what the Lord is saying now. The first area of rotten words that proceed out of, out of our mouth, he says the most important, because I, I, I had things lined up. No, no, the most important is his name. Don't take the Lord's name in vain, flippantly, just uselessly. I mean, just saying something. Don't do it. Don't do it. When I said, when I said the name, I wanted to mean something because do you know that sometimes you might not be able to get out but one word? You know, if, 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 let's say that you were in, in driving the car and you, this happened to me uh, uh, before, and I was at a, at a light, stopped, Boomsville Life, a traffic light, and I looked in the rearview mirror and here comes a car. And the right, light's on red. That car wasn't slowing up. And I said, oh, they're going to slow up. And I looked again. Oh, they were, they were right there on me. And I, I, I didn't get out. Jesus. I got out. Ah! That's what I got out. I got slammed. Boom. But do you know sometimes you're only able to get out one word? Jesus. Jesus. I've fallen asleep uh, at, at the wheel many times, uh, and, and God has kept me. And, you know, you run off the side of the road, you hear boo, 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 and you wake up. Yeah. Uh, and I, I said, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. But suppose you're about to be on the other side of the road, and here's come a car, and you can't get out no more. Jesus! But it's enough. Is that name enough? It's enough. It's enough. But if we're not taking his name in vain, don't just say, Jesus, because you're, you're irritated with somebody. You're, you're, you're rolling your eyes, Jesus. I can't, I can't believe Don't do it. Because that's using the Lord's name in vain. That's the first step. Second step. Words. Um, and I know, that, I know it doesn't fit any of you, but you can, it's for you all to tell somebody else about, okay, do that, is vow, I mean vow, vow, V-I-L-E, vow, uh, just uh, rude, crude, um, and you call them four-letter words, profanity, okay, you all got it, right? It should not come out of a Christian's mouth. And I'm telling you, uh, because I know it came out of my mouth before I was a Christian. I know it. I know it. I know. But once you have tasted of the goodness of God, he has died for for our sins. He's rose again. He's given us eternal life. He's living with us. He is our Lord, our Savior. He's the eternal God. We should not be putting his name and using it with curse words, with four-letter words. 
We shouldn't do that. We shouldn't be using four-letter words, period. Period. Because four-letter words are vile. They are profanity. And, and the world speaks it. I mean, if, 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 you know, if you go to the movies, I don't even know what they have in the movies nowadays, uh, except Christian movies that doesn't have that doesn't have a four-letter word. I don't know where they have movies that don't have a four-letter word. I don't know where they are. If you go to PG-13, uh, they're going to have some. In it. I don't know. I think they, in order to be PG-13, they probably have to put some in there. I don't know what they do. Uh, uh, but but do, you, do you hear what I'm saying? You all have heard that from people, right? Um, it should not come out of our mouths because... We are supposed to be representing the king of kings. We're supposed to be ambassadors. We're supposed to be leading people to Christ. If we are just like everybody else, uh, then what kind of light are we going to be? What kind of salt are we going to be? You see, because you know, as well as I know, Jesus Christ would not be using profanity. You know that. You know that. And you know if you walking along the road with him back when he was walking the earth with his, his disciples, you wouldn't be, uh, you know, you, you, they wore sandals and stuff like that, probably you, you hit your foot on a toe on a rock. You wouldn't say no four-letter word, would you? With Jesus with you, would you? No. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't do that. Why do we do that? Jesus is with us. He's in us. Would you agree with that? Well, why would we do that then? What is in our heart? That's what we're saying. What's in our heart? If it's in there, we want to eradicate it. We want to detox it. We want to get rid of it because we don't want it coming up, do we? Don't want it coming up. You say, well, you can't avoid hearing it in the workplace and things like that. People... People use profanity all the time. They curse, you know, uh, and we call it curse or something like that. But, you know, cursing in the Bible is speaking uh, ill of things like Jesus cursed the fig tree. Uh, That means he said, no one eat fruit of you uh, now. And, of course, the fig tree died. That's what we call a curse. Okay, Uh, but we're we're talking about profanity. We're talking about four-letter words. We're talking about uh, that you do not use these words. Don't use them. That's the second type of word. Are we in agreement, church? Okay. Now, third type of words that come out of our mouth. These words are not four-letter words. These words are just mean words. Words said in a mean way. And if you have children, you've probably, you probably heard, heard that said before. Like uh, uh, one, one child might call, call another child, Hey, uh, uh, John or Joe or Billy, or, and, and, and Bill says, What? Now, that's not a four-letter word. I mean, it's not a profanity word. It's four letters, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> But it's not one of those four that I was talking about. You know, you can say that in a in a mean way, can't you? 
Now, what that person means is that I don't want you talking to me. Why are you calling me? Right? That's mean, isn't it? To a sibling. That's mean. How many times in our homes uh, uh, have you heard uh, somebody say mean things to each other? And they're not profanity, not using God's name in vain. It's just mean, not sensitive. Right? And we, we say things to our kids that way. I know I've, I've said things in a mean way to, to my girls and and um, and they tell my wife, and then my wife tell <laughs> my wife would tell them say, "Why did you speak that way to them? Why are you? Why were you so mean?" I said, "I was. I was just telling the truth. I was just telling them like. I mean, I, just, I thought it was, no. You don't speak that way um, to your girls. You don't speak that way. They, they're very sensitive. You don't speak that way. You don't speak mean to to women. You don't do that." So I had to go, forgive me for saying something in a harsh way. I used to do it all the time to the cat. And I, <laughs> and I stopped doing it even to the cat because, because God was teaching me that, that, that see, that cat is sensitive. <laughs> and really they are, you know. If, 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 if your cat come, come around you and, and they don't stick their tail up, you know they they not they don't want to be around you. You know, uh, you know it, it, that's what I used to do with my cat. Speak mean to him. What do you want? Get away! Get off! Get get away! That's mean, isn't it? Isn't that mean? You can say things now. Now I say things in a nice way to the cat. No, go go away! No, 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 no! Don't go. Nice, nice, nice. You can say things in a nice way, can't you? you, can, you, you we can talk to each other in a nice way. Even though we might be mad at one another, we can say things in a nice, civil way, can't we? But see, most of the time, what's in our heart will cause that insensitivity to come out. I had a person one time tell me, uh, I said, don't you, don't you feel bad that the wife was telling me that the, that the husband cursed? And, and I said, and I, I got with the husband because I was working with him anyway. And I said, is that true that you, you use profanity to your wife? What's that? What, why you do? I wouldn't, I, I don't use profanity around no one. No one ever except her when she makes me mad. If she wouldn't make me, if she wouldn't make me mad, I would not say anything like that. Oh. Now, what kind of excuse is that? Come on. Is that, but isn't that the way the world is? If you are mad, then you can use profanity. Right? And some people... Use sign language for profanity. If you cut them off in, in traffic or whatever, they use sign language. I hope that's not you. I hope that's not. I hope you're not using those sign language for. I hope you're not. Yeah. 
Come on, am I real or what now? We're talking, we're talking real stuff. These are words that God's saying he doesn't want us using. Mean words in a mean tone of voice. So I want you to start practicing. We're all going to be practicing not using harsh words to each other. You never know it until you get mad. You will never know it until you, uh, you know, you're hammering something and you miss the nail and hit your hand. You never know that what's in there until, now if you hit your thumb and, and uh, hit your finger and you say, ouch, that's okay, you're all right, that's all right, that's good, ouch, oh, you know, wow, help, woo, that's all right, oh, that's okay. But now if, if, if one of your four-letter words come out, you say, oh, my goodness, oh, go, come on, come on. Oh, no, 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 no. Something in there that shouldn't be in there. Got to get it out. Got to get it out. Let's go to the last portion, which is, what does God give us to, to help us in this area? Let's start in verse 29, where we left off of Ephesians chapter 4. It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need for the moment. Now, please don't put your own interpretation in this verse, because you say, I was, I was speaking, but the need for the moment was not that right there. They needed something else. No, uh-uh. No, 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 no. What he means is that people need encouraging. People need building up. That's what edification means. People need to hear kind things. Is that correct? That's the need of the moment. Even when somebody's mad at you and maybe raise their voice at you and maybe uh, say harsh words to you, the need for the moment is not for you to retaliate because God says that retribution is his, it's not yours, right? So the need for the moment is the other part of scripture where he says, kind words, soft words, you know, gentle, soft words, turns away anger. Grievous words stir up wrath, you know, Proverbs. So now is the time for you to speak kind and soft. It turns away wrath. Somebody's mad at you, then you speak soft to them and kind to them. Now, I know that goes against the flesh. I know that it does. But see, if that's in the heart, it'll come out. So that it will give grace to those who hear. God wants us to give grace because he is a grace giver. Oh, isn't he? Full of grace. Full of grace. God wants us to give grace. So he wants his people to hear grace. Even when they're angry at us, he wants to hear grace. Then it says something in verse 30 that's very interesting because it's, it's not something that's, that's detached from this whole area. He says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And that can be found, you know, in earlier in, in, in the book. But it, it says here, 
that the Holy Spirit, you know, he sealed us. The Holy Spirit is the one who, who is trying to bring us as a bride, spotless, without wrinkle, before Jesus Christ for our wedding day. Is that correct? We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit because he knows that Jesus Christ is a grace giver. He knows that Jesus speaks kind to us. He speaks good words to us. He speaks those things that be not as though they were to us. Even when we don't deserve it. So he wants us to be just like him. So it grieves him when we speak unkind to one another. It grieves him when we speak harsh to one another. It grieves him when we uh, are looking for we are a speck inspector. It, it grieves him because he doesn't pick out the specks in us. He doesn't every time we, talk, we come to him, our Father which art in heaven, he said, and, and you don't hear something say, hey, you, what are you on your knees for now? What are you saying something to me now? You didn't want me, you don't want me when the Super Bowl was on, you know, you, you know that. Three hours, three hours you said nothing to me, and here you want to come talk about me now and talk to me now because something's going wrong. Get away. Does he do that to us? No, he doesn't do that to us. He's not a, a spec inspector. He's kind. He's gentle to us. So he wants us to be the same way. It grieves him when we're not. Then we find that, oh, I see in verse 31, something is in our heart that triggers this thing. What is it? Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor be put away from you, along with all malice. What, what God was showing me is that the reason why you want to say mean things is because you don't want that cat anyway. Right? That's Ivy's cat. She got that cat when when y'all were away, and Brandon told you, "Hey, when you called to see how everybody's doing, Brandon told you, well, Ivy got a cat." Oh, we away from home. She gets a cat. <laughs> you don't want that cat leaves hair every which way, you know. So that's why you speak mean to the cat. Oh, come on. You know we speak mean to people when we get angry. It says that all anger, bitterness, be put from me. If you find a bitter person, that person going to speak bad things to people because they're bitter. See, bitterness defiles a lot of people. If that person is anger, you know, you're around a, a, a person that's can't control their anger, they, they might say anything. He said, that's what's in there. Get that anger, get that bitterness, get that stuff out of there because it's in there. It's causing those things to manifest, but it's just a, a symptom of the bigger thing. See, any non-Christian can stop cursing. Any non-Christian could do that. Yeah. But, for what reason? I stopped when I was not a Christian because my brother-in-law told my mother and my mother called me in and I know it was all over with then. <laughs> and if she would have told my dad, that would have been history. 
when I went over his house because he was going to whip it out of me. See, so I'm telling you, you don't want people, you know, doing something for the wrong reason. You see, it's for the right reason because we want to glorify God with our, with our mouths. That's why I don't want to use profanity. That's why I don't want to be harsh. That's why I want, I want to be kind to my animals because the scripture tells me to be kind to my animals. A good man is kind to the animal. Look in the word of God. You'll find it. Yeah, you find You know, you, you don't want to be mean to animals, see. That, that shows something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. Can I get an amen from that Linda back there? Yeah. And Zeta, yeah. Yeah. Then it says, be kind, in verse 32, the last verse, be kind to one another. Tenderhearted. Oh, listen Forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. You see? Tenderhearted. Tenderhearted. See, if I'm angry with you, if you said something I don't like, if you did something I don't like, forgive one another. So you won't be mean towards one another. You won't go say something. You won't be a, a spec inspector because, you know, you're mad. You, they, 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 they're not saying things you want, want them to say. They're not treating you the way you want to be treated or whatever the situation may be. Don't do it. Forgive them as Christ has forgiven you. And then you won't have this bitterness and all this stuff and anger in your heart and you can get this stuff out. That's what God is saying that he wants us to do in order to get it out. Is that okay? Okay. That's detoxing now. Detoxing. Woo! Praise God. I didn't know how this was going to go over. Cause I <laughs> Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.